Hello and welcome back to season two of Mental Music, a podcast made for teens by teens, exploring mental health from a teenager's perspective. Uh, my name is George. There is no Kelsey. I am going solo today. Fortunately, I will have Dr. John Ferguson joining me for an interview later, so you will not have to listen to my voice for 20 minutes straight. Today, we are talking about music and sound, and particularly how we respond to sound uh, within music and in our daily lives. Uh, first up, we have the song On the Inside by Asha Jeffries. I wanna know what it's like on the inside. I wanna know what it's like on the inside. I wanna know all the lies that you tell in the song. Cause we're breathing the same Temperatures mild. I'm asking how long I'm in
Um, I'm joined today by John Ferguson. Hello. A, yeah. uh, a professor at the Conservatorium. Oh, uh, Head of Music Technology, uh, Queensland Conservatorium. Uh, senior lecturer rather than professor, but that's okay. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, sir, uh, uh, what kind of uh, music are you, in are you interested in? Oh, that's a good question. I guess um, I make music with technology, um, but thinking where we might go with this conversation, I think of the electric guitar as technology, and that and that's my background, being probably more excited by pedals and uh, signal paths than the actual uh, vibrating strings, um, these days anyway. What's your experience on uh, like the, the power of sound to like induce human impulses, emotions perhaps, maybe like as an improviser yeah. in some situations? Yeah, look, I mean... It's a very broad Yeah, question. There, are, um, <laughs> there are definitely, like, for me, more um, questions here than answers, and certainly I'm more likely to ask questions than, than kind of have answers. Uh, try this. me. Yeah, well... <laughs> no. Well, what is, what is our... Yeah, no, let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's not try that yet. Um, the way I think of it, kind of rightly or wrongly, and mm -hmm. maybe, you know, certainly not scientifically, is we all have, in some sense these experimental resonances that we carry around with us, just our own way of understanding the world, I really do mean quite literally in terms of a, a metaphor. Like we all have heard certain things in certain ways and had certain experiences. And then, well, various things, but including sound. Sound can elicit these in different ways. So we hear a sound and it has a personal meaning to us or not, of course. And the thing I find most interesting is the um, the responses that other people have can really be quite different. So I guess I have a hard time explaining yeah. how I react to specific sounds. But um, one of the metaphors, and it's not really my own metaphor, but uh, my previous kind of PhD supervisor, Bennett Hogg, always had the idea that the violin might actually be a lie detector. Like he has the idea as well that the um, the violin is a is basically a heavily modified tree. So always trying to like <laughs> keep the technology and its yeah. um, mm -hmm. and its starting points and its and its basis together. So I mean he he does things like like now drag these through forests with microphones inside in order to put <laughs> the modified tree back in the context from which it came. Yeah. And that sort of thing. But there is also this sense that if you're listening particularly to somebody else improvising and you're responding it's that kind of Cartesian divide of I may plan to do something in response to what I just heard but my body's going to do it faster than faster and without <laughs> any um, cognition uh, that I'm aware of that kind of those, imp those brain impulses that go from from ear they are mediated by the brain, I guess, but it's like a little bit of information. It's like, it's like a passageway, really. Yeah, so yeah. if that if this happens, something gets triggered, which causes an output, and am I more aware of the thing that I just heard or my own body's reaction to it? And that's the bit I'm never really sure about. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there is there's definitely a response. Like I, I respond in certain ways to certain sounds. But then there is, this is where the kind of lie detector thing comes in. If you're really listening and you're, and you're responding in a gestural way really quite quickly, the listening perspective of being inside that and being surprised at what you just did and then got kind of, oh, 
maybe that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> I was trying mm. to set this up so that in about, like my conscious thinking might be, okay, this is getting boring. I'm going to get out of this and go to this other thing. So I might be working with one instrument on my left and this one on my right. Mm. I'm waving my hands like this microphone can see me. Um, and I might be just trying to do that to transition. But then the other person I'm playing with triggers something and I can no longer go there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Partially because of what they did, but also partially because of my response to it. And that's the bit I find confusing. Um, and that's the bit I find most kind of interesting. So, like we've talked a little bit um, before this microphone was on about... Um, Things like shepherd tone, which is when there's a whole series of sine yeah. mm -hmm. sine waves, and they are slowly descending. And when it gets to the to the low the low end, that one fades out, and another one at the top end really slowly mm -hmm. fades back in. And you never quite are sure when one is fading in, one is fading out. So you get this yeah. continuous yeah. Mm -hmm. motion. So it's a it's a perception, right? And uh, the same can happen with rhythm by thinning out a rhythm. And then feeding back in some more complexity. And Shepard turns like when it it's just ever rising. Yeah, ever rising like, or, so, or ever falling. Yeah. And so like it's it's like used in sometimes certain cinematography. Like yes. It's like just hyper stress. Yeah. Like it's yeah. Mm -hmm. And then so that's the Shepard tone. Then there's the Risse rhythm, which is the same approach to to programming. Well, not necessarily programming, although that that's common, which is um, really thinning thinning out. The uh, distance between different rhythms. I don't have a good technical uh, description of a of a Risse rhythm, but definitely Risse rhythm and the Shepard tone emerged at the, mm -hmm. at the same sort of time mm -hmm. from the same sorts of bodies of research. Yeah. But then, if that's a perception, the thing that's interesting for me in improvisation is this notion of imagined agency. Like I'm never looking at a piece of equipment going, it's alive, it's doing something. <laughs> it's uh, like I'm not trying to be sh ashamed about any of my my work. Um, I'm sometimes interested in the histories and where the technology has come from mm -hmm. and how we can remind ourselves as performers and um, and listeners where that has come from, where that instrument, that technology has come from. That's why the heavily modified tree for a violin or kind of circuit bending a, a child's toy and turning that into a musical instrument yeah. mm -hmm. um, can be quite useful. It's almost like going into like, it's, it's multi-dimensional then. Yes. It plays not only yeah. like in a sonic world, sonic sense, but yeah, like it, yeah it, it plays with its own history. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so then in that kind of moment of performance, this kind of notion that something is, is real or, or is imagined, for me that, that breaks down. It just, it crumbles. You could analyze it afterwards and figure out what was what, but still, mm -hmm. if I'm playing even in a duel, with technology, it's quite possible that um, I hear a sound and I'm unsure whether I made it or the person I'm playing with made it, <laughs> uh, just because of right. the types of technology I work with. And um, that could be seen as important, but then to me, it actually it actually isn't, because there is no difference in, in that moment in terms of how I will respond to it. I guess you could argue like if you're kind of looking for a way out, if you're looking for an ending or something like that, there are specific chords and, and signals that we all play upon like when we sit and go, okay, we're going to play for about 20 minutes and it gets to about 20 minutes, we're looking for a way out. Yeah, but sure. there is this kind of, um, this sense that the, the real and the imagined doesn't matter 
in that sense, and the more mm. you can kind of believe that um, you might have made that sound and not question where it came from, when improvising, I think is really is really quite useful. Um, now, is this is this on topic? I'm not sure if this is on topic. Um, hmm. So sure. Just when we were setting up, I pulled out um, a very old book, Jackus Attlee's Noise, and um, he's kind of just got this idea that um, noise is um, noise is something we do to stop us um, being violent. So rather than killing each other and uh, and fighting and whatever, we we make sound. Um, I, I, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's productive, and it, I mean this has been challenged. It's not necessarily correct, but it's a useful way to. I think it can be a useful way to think about it. I was just wondering if there was a a useful quote that I could pull out of this. All right, how about this? Page twenty-four. So Atlee talks about sacrificing, and he says noise is a weapon, and music is the formation, domest domestication and real realization of that weapon as a simulacrum of ritual murder. So it's quite a it's quite a big it's it's quite a it's quite a big claim and it, it can be it can be useful. And let me just pull out a, a few other things. Uh, not that one, that was not so good. Noise is also a term for a signal that interferes with the reception of a message by a receiver, even even if the interfering signal itself has meaning for that receiver. Noise is a concern of power. Um, music appears in myth as an affirmation that society as is possible. That's kind of an interesting one. I'm just kind of I'm pulling things yeah, yeah, yeah. pulling things out. Um, noise carries order within itself. It carries new information. So we could think about like the surface noise on on vinyl. There, say the whether the actual music contained in there is the message or it's that surface noise telling us about a particular history and a particular time. Mm -hmm. So like when Christian Markway released um, a record with no cover and the whole point was that this thing gets posted to you and it gets scratched along the way and it has this kind of individual mm -hmm. work. Sorry, it yeah. becomes a very individual work. Right. So... I guess what I'm trying to get at with some of that is, um, for me, I don't know if it's always about sound, mm -hmm. as much as the act of listening causes us to do something, often physical, often in a untrained way, sometimes in a in a in a trained way, mm -hmm. and therefore the the kind of listening and responding creatively is to me like what the most kind of that's the most value I can find in music, the actual response so yeah so there's listening there's enjoyment there's there's, there's playing repertoire but then because we were talking about improvisation that kind of um what eddie prevost uh, talks about as no sound is innocent sort of feeling where you have to be ready to respond to it to any sound mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. therefore anyone that you are playing with is kind of aware that if you're ready to respond to any sound at all and you're going to actually kind of critically interpret this through your own psyche your own body your own listening histories mm -hmm. therefore no sound can be in be innocent as soon as you make something there is kind of a responsibility there but then you kind of have a responsibility to disturb silence or, mm -hmm. or things get very yeah. 
boring, I would guess. Um, <laughs> right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So this is like, this is this is like taking perhaps like perhaps an an, in, an instance of improvisation. Yeah. And like, uh, analyzing it, but like, uh, particular sounds. So, like. Uh, a chalkboard, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you've you've got a cringe. You you have to the kind of the kind of fingernail. Yeah, the, the fingernails on the chalkboard. chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, like these kind of um, Im- impulsive mm. gestures that that come as a result of, of hearing a sound, of being exposed to a particular yeah. sonic environment, perhaps, uh, like traffic on the street, mm. uh, for example. Um. Is this, is this kind of like a parallel with what you're talking about with improvisation, uh, in 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 a, in a in a musical context? Like yeah. there are in your everyday life, perhaps, um, it's really just a massive sonic dialogue with the world around you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, let's just go to the um, the, the fingernails on the blackboard. I mean, for me, that sound is more. A memory of a feeling like the, like the thing that actually makes me cringe is the feel of the the fingernail vibrating as it's on there and it and you kind of move it down the blackboard it's and like it's like it, a memory of of different sensory yeah yeah i mean your fingernail is actually inputs. vibrating there and you're not kind of used to that that feeling of it direct, directly kind of pulling away very quickly back and forth from the from the skin so when i hear that really if we were really like being honest, is it the sound that's making us the cringe, or is the sound just the index for the for the feeling? It's like it's 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 the, I mean. it's the connotations of the sound. Yeah. The, well, I guess the 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 wealth of experience that that comes with yeah. with that particular sound. Maybe yeah. index is useful actually. Um, so what's his name? Uh, Dennis Smalley talks about the indexical nature of sound. So if we recognise what something is. We can immediately choose whether that thing is uh, of any interest to mm-hmm. us. So if we're walking down the street and we hear um, a car rapidly accelerating, depending on the distance, the volume, and that sort of thing, we may either turn our head in a, oh, what's going on over there kind of way. We may have a complete instinct kind of fight or flight move just need to kind of get mm-hmm. away from mm-hmm. this yeah. instantly or we may not even hear it it may not even disturb our conversation with the person that we're walking with or, or whatever but that is all based on us being able to recognize what it is in the first place or at least subconsciously tune it out and decide mm-hmm. we don't have to have to deal with it um, and I guess that also then brings in like hi-fi and lo-fi which is, um, what's his name, Armory Schaefer's kind of high-fidelity landscape. So if you're kind of um, way, 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 way out in the country, and because I'm English, I guess I'm, I'm picturing the English countryside, which mm-hmm. is very, very green, and mm-hmm. you can hear um, somebody two valleys over knocking a, a post into a, <laughs> and, you know, putting a fence up. You can hear a, a church bell in a distance, but you can also hear the... Um, you know, birds around you, the the rabbit in the in the undergrowth, right, you know, near you. Like you hear that kind of detail. 
So that would be like a high fidelity soundscape or mm-hmm. compared to a um a city street corner where just everything is close. Right. Anything sure. anything which is loud in the distance, it's not really loud compared to all of the loud things that are that are around it's, you. It's so totally it's, lost. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But also you're lost you're kind of lost within it. You can't mm-hmm. kind of orientate yourself there. I mean, I'm kind of like imagining like a, a, a soundscape essentially. Yeah. Like the entire um, environment in different squiggly lines. Yeah. Perhaps. And yeah, I mean, that is just as logical a way to like orientate oneself, I suppose, with an environment. What, it's, through, through sound? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think we, yeah, we, we do it. Yeah, we I mean, do unconsciously, it all the time. of of course, but like um, now that uh, now it's, it's a concept that I've I understand perhaps mm-hmm. now or I've thought of now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really interesting. One of the um, I can't remember if this is one hundred percent true, but Andrew Hugel's got like these little tiny exercises, like listening exercises, and, and mm-hmm. one of one of the things he he recommends is to spend like two hours, maybe not in a busy street with traffic and things. It's kind of fun being in the world. Oh God, this sounds wrong. Um, but with <laughs> with one ear plug in, it's a really interesting experience to to be yeah. to be in an environment and to try moving around within it with just with just one because it really affects your your balance and your and your sensing and your awareness, your spatial awareness. It's really yeah. it's really interesting. Right. So I mean that that that's a fun thing. The other um, <laughs> the other thing I, I quite. Like this, of course, as soon as you take the, the eye away, the kind of ocular perspective away, um, sound is so much more heightened. So I was in a workshop once where it's kind of a dance workshop led by Gresham and Schiller. And Schiller, is that right? And um, she just had everybody moving around freely in a space and then she stopped half of us and just had us standing still with our eyes closed and the other people mm-hmm. just had to move as quickly as possible around... And it was such a, a beautiful thing because, you know, they're, they're passing, you can hear distance, you can hear foreground, you can hear things rapidly accelerating towards you, not quite Doppler effect really, but, and you can, you can read that probably not much more clearly than what you can see, but certainly quite, quite differently. So yeah. as soon as you've kind of got your eyes closed and you're listening to these things moving around you very rapidly, wow, standard... Um, Electroacoustic theory: the imagination gives wings to sound that you can't see. So as soon as you don't know what it is, as soon mm-hmm. as you have to listen to it, and only listen to it to have any experience of it, then your imagination comes into play, and you start to have a very different response beyond the "oh, it's a car, it's not going very fast, I don't even need to be conscious of it, it's going to pass me on the street <laughs> because that's what I expect to happen." Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once you kind of identify it and put it into that, I know what this is box because it's got an index you can look up and understand. Then mm-hmm. you can start and have a very different response to it. I mean, that's yeah. the, that's mm-hmm. the compositional argument, right? With a lot of um, electroacoustic music, where you're in a dark room listening very, very carefully. Mm-hmm. But then I think that also comes in with technology and improvisation and performance when maybe you're working with somebody who is very physical, like a percussionist, and you can yeah. you can have a a clear understanding of how sound is being authored, if you like. And then when you're working with technology, you may have a clear understanding, but you may also have a clear understanding that the performer 
before my, I guess, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. doesn't have that much control and doesn't necessarily have that much understanding of, of what's coming next, and that can be quite desirable. Which is what you were talking about before with, like, the unpredictability yeah. of certain kind of yeah. processes, like, yeah, almost like programming, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still think of basically all of my work as filtering and restraining some sort of chaotic source in, mm-hmm. in some ways. And that's what I find most interesting. Just yeah. being able to turn yeah. that dial to max and a whole lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. And then being able to put it in different places, sometimes be very specific about what sounds you want to kind of let out. Yeah, I guess um, the other phrase is kind of herding cats, which is something I kind of want from my technology. Mm-hmm. This kind of sense of lots of different things going on that you can kind of control, mm-hmm. but not, not completely. Thank you so much for um, making time. No, for that's cool. Thank you for, for the um, opportunity to talk about things. That's it cool. was really interesting. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you. Until later. See ya. Thanks. Thanks very much. Now we're going to go into our second song, Trust Me by Olivia Ruby. Life is funny to me. Life is crazy to me too. Life is fun when you let loose Maybe chill with your friends and eat some fruit loops Don't stress, honey Everything will be okay Trust me Just take a breath Calm down, put a smile on Ear is a frown Life's too short to think about Everything so just slow it down La-da-da La-da-da Spinning around and it goes faster But don't let it bother you If I can see the beauty in it, you can too Don't stress, honey Everything will be okay Trust me Just take a breath Calm down, put a smile on Erase a frown Life's too short to think about Everything's so just so it Thank you for listening to the Mental Music Podcast. Uh, I, for one, found uh, a lot of the experience and insight that Dr. John Ferguson afforded us uh, extremely interesting. Um, I would strongly suggest uh, checking out some of the sound phenomenon that he was talking about. Uh, So, like, the shepherd tones and the Doppler effect. And also, as he suggested, uh, try living... um, for a day or an hour or 10 minutes uh, with one earplug in um, and just see what happens. Uh, it, I, I guess it's a really interesting uh, sonic experiment which helps you uh, realize just how important uh, sound is, certain sounds in your environment uh, and how much you rely on them in your day-to-day business. All of the songs 
and sources used in this episode are linked in the description below. Uh, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching at Mental Music Pod. You can also find these links and other resources on our website. If you are unsure about anything we said or would like to give us some feedback, please contact us through our website or social media pages. Until next time, bye.